हरे कृष्णा वी आर सो फॉर्चुनेट टू हैव हिज ग्रेस सर्वाधिक प्रभु फ्रॉम मायापुर इंडिया एंड प्रभु जी विल श्रीमद भागवतम Yeah, it was just listed on the website on the WhatsApp page as yeah 12 but whatever is good all good sorry lovely okay om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya narayanam namaskritya dharamchayva narottamam देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जयमुदीरयत नष्टेशु भगवत सेवय भगवतीतम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवतीदमोपगते धाम ज्ञादी सह कलो नष्टशमेशा पुराणको धुनोदिता I'll read the word for word there's no meter to this verse which is challenging for me. So kwachit sometimes kalavishamita made crooked by time rajakula the government men rakshasa those who are like carnivorous human beings apahrita being plundered priyatama most dear dana any form of wealth asu whose life heir Pramit, Pramritaka, dead, Eva, like Vigata Jiva Lakshana, bereft of all signs of life. Ah, stay, he remains. Translation: Government men are always like carnivorous demons called Rakshasas, man-eaters. Sometimes these government men turn against the conditioned soul and take away all his accumulated wealth. Being bereft of his life's reserved wealth, the conditioned soul loses all enthusiasm. Indeed, it is as though he loses his life. Purport by His Divine Grace, Shila Prabhupada. Shila Prabhupada ki jai. The word Rajakula Rakshasa is very significant. Shrimad Bhagavatam was compiled about 5,000 years ago, yet government men are referred to as Rakshasas or carnivorous demons. If government men are opposed to a person, that person will be bereft of all his riches, which he has accumulated with great care over a long period of time. Actually, no one wants to pay income taxes. Even government men themselves try to avoid these taxes. But, an unfavorable, but at unfavorable times, income taxes are exacted forcibly, and the taxpayer, taxpayers become very morose. Om Ajnana Timirandhasya Gyananjana Shilakaya Chakshurun Militanjena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namam Mukam Kurati Vachalam Pangunangayate Girim Yakripata Maham Bande Shri Gurum Dinataranam Mande Nantad Bhutashayam Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhum Nichopi Yat Prasadat Sad Bhakti Shastra Pavartaka Nityanandam maham nomi sarvananda karam param harinama padam devam avaduta sharomanim Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasudhi Gaur Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare Pancha Kopati Bhishakrupa Sindhu Bhivacha Patitanam Pavani Vyo Vaishnavi Vyo Namo Namo interesting purport Srila Prabhupada speaks of this in other places in Shastra also that the leadership of human society in the age of Kali are all Rakshasas man-eaters if not directly which may also be <laughs> who knows which may also be the case maybe they're cannibals eating their subjects but at least they're eating the wealth of these subjects in this Kali Yuga and taxes simply increase more and more 
Why are excessive taxes there for us all? Is that they're waging war. They're spending, uh, uh, I, I read somewhere, more than $800 billion, $800 billion every year is the U.S. military defense budget. For what? For killing people. For they, they call it defense, but how many how many bombs do they need to build? How many rockets? Or space exploration, another scam. Space exploration, they call it supposedly for the interest of human society, but what are they actually doing? They're also using satellites to uh, pro promote laser-guided missiles to destroy human life and property. Because with satellite, they can pinpoint the exact location of something. They can tell the satellite, this is the target, now go. Like a GPS in a satellite, uh, in a rocket, rather. So this, all this so-called technology is simply to kill people. The same thing that the animals do. The animals have their teeth and their claws and their bodily strength. But their objective is just to fight with another animal, to protect themselves, defending. So in human society, so-called advanced human society, we're doing the same thing. Our government is doing the same thing as the animals, albeit in a more advanced way. The animals don't have laser-guided, GPS-guided missiles to destroy civilization. But they're doing the same thing. They're fighting over food. They're fighting over land and water. They're fighting over territory. They're fighting over a mate. It's the same thing that the animals do. So this is animal society. Guaranteed animal society. Because they're doing the same thing. Think of it, $800 billion. How much society could be benefited if those taxes were channeled into education and schools food, shelter, infrastructure. I read another article somewhere that many bridges and highways in America are simply failing because they're some of them up to 100 years old. And, and someday people are going to be driving across the bridge and it's going to fall apart and they're going to fall into the river, fall into the ocean. Because the infrastructure is failing. Because the government would rather spend billions of dollars to kill people, to fight with other people over stolen bread what is actually ours nothing actually belongs to us Bhagavatam uh, Upanishad Isha Upanishad says Ishava Samidam Sarvam Chakkincha Jagatam Jagatana Tena Chaktena Bunjita Magridaha that the Lord is the proprietor of everything it's his land his ocean his rivers his forests his property every every blade of grass is his property. So what are we fighting over? We're fighting over stolen bread. But that he's provided for us. He's set aside a quota for every human being, for every animal, for every ant. Prabhupada would say the ant has this grain of sugar and the elephant has a big 80 kilos of vegetable matter. Here in Mayapur, they feed them. <laughs> These elephants eat a whole banana tree. They love banana. They not only love the bananas, but they love the banana tree also. So they just eat 80 kilos of food stuff, and the ant is eating a sugar. But it's, it's all their quota is set aside by the arrangement of the supreme personality of Godhead. If human society understood the simple thing that devote, new devotees learned within the first few months of exposure to Krishna consciousness, if the world understood this, war would stop tomorrow. Because what are they fighting for? As, as I sit here on the Indian border, there's tens of thousands of Indian troops poised to do war with China. And on the Chinese side, they're building infrastructure and, and howitzers and rockets and missiles and tanks. They're all accumulating all this war, war, paraphernalia of, of war to fight with India. Over what? 
that dirt was there before there was such a thing as China. And the dirt was there before there was such a thing as India. It's an artificial line created on a piece of paper we call a map. And they're fighting over dirt. But whose dirt is it? Whose land is it? Whose earth planet? Whose universe is it? It all belongs to the Lord. And he set aside as our quota whatever we need. Or as Gandhiji once said, Lord provides according to our need, but not according to our greed. So because nations and individuals have unbridled greed, there is such a thing as war. And to, to accommodate that, to promote it, they're spending billions of dollars that could have been spent for the welfare of human society. So taxes are also there in Vedic society. We read in the, in the reign of uh, Lord Rama and in the reign of Maharaj Yudhishthira, Vedic tax was also there. 25% of a person's income, flat 25% tax, flat tax, 25% you give to the government and people would happily give to the government. Why? Because the taxes would be used for the welfare of society, for infrastructure, for education, for schools, for medicine, food, shelter, for the well-being of society, to create parks, to create forests, to create orchards, to create food so people are happy in life, instead of creating war where ghastly weapons of destruction are used to burn people and, ex and explode them and destroy the land with nuclear, nuclear radiation. This is all demoniac. This is the civilization, so-called civilization of Rakshasas, of man-eaters. In the reign of Yudhishthira Maharaj and in Ram Raja, people happily gave because they could see their tax dollars, their quota was being used for their own welfare and for the welfare of society. The example is given, Srila Prabhupada gave a nice example. He said, the kings would exact tax like the sun and the rain. The sun evaporates water from the earth by its heat. And that evaporate becomes a cloud. And the clouds do what? They rain and they moisten the earth. The sun is taking away and the cloud is giving. And the king is meant to Take from, the, take from society, take especially from wealthy persons, and to distribute that same wealth for the benefit, as the cloud is benefiting the land. The, the rulers, the government, is meant to benefit human society by that wealth. And that is proper tax. But what is happening today? Simply demoniac governments taxing over and over and over I have a list on my computer somewhere, if I can find it real quick, of all different kinds of taxes that are being exacted in this age of Kali. It's a long list. Okay, here. Listen to this. Building permit tax, CDL license tax, cigarette tax, corporate income tax, dog license tax, federal income tax, federal unemployment tax, fishing license tax, food license tax, fuel permit tax, gasoline tax, hunting license tax, inheritance tax, inventory tax, IRS interest charges, which is a tax on top of a tax, IRS penalties, same thing, tax on top of a tax, liquor tax, luxury tax, marriage license tax, Medicare tax, property tax, real estate tax, service charge taxes, social security tax, road usage tax for uh, truck drivers, sales tax, recreational vehicle tax, school tax, state income tax, state unemployment tax, telephone ex federal excise tax, telephone federal universal service fee tax, telephone federal state and local surcharge tax, telephone minimal usage surcharge tax, telephone recurring and non-recurring charges tax, telephone state and local tax, telephone use usage charge tax, utility tax, Vehicle license registration tax, vehicle sales tax, 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 tax. This is Kali Yuga. And what, what are they using the tax for? This is, this is the problem. Because these taxes are not always used, especially federal government. 
federal government is using their tax simply to create uh, uh, international hegemony where America has to be the topmost uh, country in the world that everybody has to bow to America and for that war is going on over and over again so people resent being taxed because they want to save their money for sense gratification people say that religion is the opiate of the people but actually sense gratification is the opiate of the people and to make people completely dull like stone like brainless animals the government also promotes sense gratification to control them and we see this predominantly all over especially in Western countries all over the world actually where images and of sense gratification suggestions for sense gratification what to eat what to wear who to date what to read what movie to watch all of the intricacies of a person's personal life are influenced by the media especially these mobile phones that we all use they, they promoted this whole uh, COVID so-called pandemic through media all over the world people were wearing masks of course no one is doing it anymore hardly you see anyone wearing a mask anymore but they promoted this whole idea that you have to be very very afraid to catch the flu every year tens of thousands of people die from the flu 2020 21 22 is no different but people become completely controlled by the message they get through media they get message to the media that you need to eat meat that drinking wine is good for you <coughs> if you can have a relationship outside of marriage why be married if you can get milk in the market why keep a cow just enjoy yourself the whole message of the media is enjoy your senses and this is the opiate of the people this makes people's brains like dull like stone dull like an animal and the government is promoting all this to control people that sense gratification is the goal of life and by that promotion people are easy, very very easily controlled because sense gratification means you have to get lots of money people work hard work hard because the government wants you to work hard because it means there's more tax income for them you make more money and the government will come and take it away and what do they give you for your hard work paper so-called money money paper money means Sheila Prabhupada explains complete exploitation that if we want to and now especially in America I hear you're experiencing inflation which means a gallon of gas that cost three dollars a year ago now costs five dollars plus for the same gallon of gas this is inflation where paper money easily lends itself to inflation if if there is a set unit like a dollar in gold a gold coin that contained one dollars worth of gold of course with the price of gold it would be a pretty small coin these days but if it contained one dollar worth of gold then they can't manipulate that there's only so much gold in the world you can't create it in a factory and it can't be printed in a printing press but when the government gets in debt they simply print more money and this is why today America is 30 trillion dollars in debt but somehow or other they've got 800 billion for the defense budget even though they're 30 trillion dollars in debt they've got 800 billion dollars to spare to make the machine of war to kill people this is insane this is the same proposition the whole public is being manipulated you work hard struggle offer your your most valuable asset in your life your time Chanakya said Ayusha Shani Ekopi Nasart Nalo Ekopi 
that what is the most valuable thing in life? That time is the most valuable thing. Because you can't buy a moment of, of time with thousands of gold coins. So people invest their most invaluable asset in life, their time, their life energy, to create money. And what is the reward? Here's some paper. Here's a, or here's, here's a, a digital account. The bank says you have X amount of dollars in the, in the account. And this is your reward for working hard. Now, look, now go out and spend it on sense gratification. And this is what the whole public is doing. They're not giving you something that actually has value. What is value in life? Value means arta. Arta means food. Arta means water, land, shelter, clothes, association. The things that we actually need in life are called arta. Everything else is anarta. For example, if you were dying of thirst, if there was a drought and there was no water available, you would trade a diamond, a, a, a valuable diamond stone worth $50,000 for one liter of water because you can't drink the diamond. You can't eat the diamond. You don't need the diamond, ultimately. What do we need? We need drinkable water. We need food. We need shelter. These are arta. These are the things that come by the grace of God, not by the grace of a government. And the government should be promoting dependence on God, worship of God, so that the natural products of the earth are readily available to the masses of people. How, f how food can be produced from the earth. Bhagavatam says, Sarva Kama Dugamahi. All of man's necessities ultimately come from the earth. Water comes from the earth. We pump it from the ground. It, it, it is evaporated from the earth and it falls as rain, but it's coming from the earth. Oxygen comes from the earth. The trees are drinking water with their roots. Prabhupada calls them padapat. They drink from their roots. And they absorb carbon dioxide. And they exhale oxygen. We inhale oxygen and exhale carbon dioxide. There's a symbiotic relationship between human society and green things, trees and vegetation. These are the things that we need in life. Food comes from the earth. It doesn't come from the grocery store. Water comes from the earth. The cloth we wear, cotton cloth, even polyester, that's a product of uh, petroleum. Even that is coming from the earth. All man's necessities are coming from the earth. But people think, let me work hard, I'll get some paper, and I'll go buy what I need. So this is the whole pro proposition of mm, sustainable lifestyle that Srila Prabhupada talked about. He predicted that there'd be great upheaval in human society because of a lack of the ability to sustain our life. Like here in India, there's no pump system for pumping water in America. They have a big pump and the water, they maintain a certain water pressure throughout the city. In India, everything's gravity fed. But how does that water get to the top of the building to feed every tap in the building? It's by gravity. Water comes by gravity and the water gets to the top of the building by an electric pump. So imagine what would happen in India if there was a disturbance in the supply of electricity. That means there's no water. In a moment, people can't drink, they can't wash, they can't flush, they can't cook. All the necessities of life come to a standstill just due to one small inadequate supply of electricity. We're very, very dependent. This, this society that we live, live in is very, very fragile. Like they call it house of cards. Sometimes people take a pack of cards and because they have nothing better to do they'll build a, a house very carefully stacking one card on top of another very very carefully but you blow on it and the whole thing falls down it's unstable this society we live in that has been constructed intentionally constructed by demoniac rakshasa governments whose only mission in life is to exploit the people their government promotes these things because it con it's conducive to their mood of exploitation. Work hard, 
in factories, work hard in business, create income, and we will enjoy at the expense of human society. So, human society is not meant for this. Human society meant, is meant for self-realization. This is the goal of life, not collecting pieces of paper in a, in a so-called account that can be taken away in any time. Like here in India, I don't know if, if any of you were aware, but I think maybe four years ago, four or five years ago maybe, there was demonetization. Prime Minister Modi warned everybody, deposit your black money in the bank and pay taxes. And people ignored it. He warned them again, deposit your money, deposit your money. They didn't do it and they demonetized 2,000 rupee notes, 1,000 rupee notes, and 500 rupee notes. And all these, especially him, you should have seen the, uh, the, the business people in Loi Bazaar, in Loi Bazaar Wallace. They're like crying because they had trunks full of black money. They can't put it in the bank and they can't spend it. It became, overnight, became so much paper. Or one time when I was in business, I had a conversation with a man that came to my store. And in the course of the conversation, he opened his wallet and showed me a one million Deutschmark note. And he said to me, do you know why I keep this in my wallet? I said, no, tell me. He says, I keep this in my wallet to remind me that right after World War II, a man needed a shoebox full of one million Deutschmark notes to buy one loaf of bread. People were burning the money to stay warm. Because you could get more warmth by burning the money than you could from exchanging the money for wood. Overnight, the paper became valueless. And that's what's happening all over the world in inflation. Here in India, when I first came here to live almost four years ago, exchange rate was about 62 rupees to a dollar. Today it's at 79 rupees for a dollar. This is called inflation where the same product costs more, you have to give more pieces of paper to get the same product. It's not that things have become more expensive. Gasoline in your country has not become more expensive. This is inflation, where the buying power of the dollar becomes less and less and less. And this is cheating, because the government's paying their bills in dollars. And they're taking your money by inflation. Say if you have $100,000 in the bank, what that $100,000 would buy in 1975, say, and what it buys today in 2022 is a huge difference by inflation. So it, it's your account shows $100,000, but the buying power by inflation, they're stealing your money by inflation. This is a Rakshasa government who doesn't have the interests of society in mind. They have their own interests in mind. If you examine all these big, big corporations, you know, everyone knows you know, IBM, ITT, Nabisco, uh, all these big corporations, these food corporations, I, uh, internet corporations, hmm, I don't know the names of them. I've sort of been out of the loop for 50 years. But all these big computer manufacturers and all these big Boeing, all the big huge companies, you follow the, the paper trail and they all lead to about five or six families that, in, that control everything. They are rakshasas. Some people say directly rakshasa, man-eaters. But at least, they don't, at least we can understand they don't have the interest of human society at heart. Their interest is profit. And this is why they want to control people. This is why the whole market manipulation of inflation, manipulation of the food we eat, even the many products you go to the grocery store to buy, and it's not even food. It's got this ingredient, it's got mono and diglycerides and this preservative and that preservative and this color and that color, and it's hardly food. It's not the same thing as when you put a seed in the ground and you water it and you nurture it and you harvest the vegetable or you harvest the fruit. That is a completely different thing, full of vitamins, full of nutrition, full of prana, 
full of energy to give energy to human beings in life. But you see what people are eating today. Look at their grocery store. All these different useless your hostess Twinkies and candies and bread full of mono and diglycerides and cysteine. Cysteine is, is protein derived from hair. Dough conditioners, all these nonsense things they put in our food. This is Kali Yuga. The whole society is being man manipulated by these personalities who have no interest whatsoever in the welfare of human society. They are Rakshasas, as Bhagavatam is saying carnivorous demons who are in charge of the government and they're not interested in the well-being of the conditioned souls they're just interested in how can I exploit what is my benefit what is good for me not what is good for the masses of people and this is a difference between Ram Raja the kingdom of Rama and the kingdom of Maharaj Yudhishthira you read in Bhagavatam during the kingdom, time of Maharaj Yudhishthira the pasturing fields became muddy because of the milk bags of the cows. The cows were so happy, they're just giving, milk is dripping from their udders. Jewels are coming from the ocean. Food is coming, from, nutritious food coming from the land, not food sprayed with all kinds of poisonous, carcinogenic, toxic chemicals to make it look like a, an apple, to make it look like a mango. Like here in, Mang here in Mayapur is mango season. And they're real mangoes. Not these stringy, good-looking, tasteless, cardboard-like mangoes coming from Mexico. It looks like a mango. They'll sell. It's a good product to sell. But there's no taste. Practically, there's no taste. There's no sugar content. Because the whole objective is to sell you something and not provide something of quality. So this is the same thing that humans that these rakshasa demons who are managing the the society are providing to the masses of people adulterated food food that's been sprayed with all kinds of chemicals and marketing the soft drinks you know pepsi generation coca-cola generation you know don't drink water of course maybe the <laughs> Maybe the Pepsi-Cola is more healthy than the water that has all kinds of fluoride and different kinds of chemicals in it and also. Actually, it's. I remember when I was living in America, I'd go for a health checkup with my family doctor. And he'd go through a checklist. Okay, you drink? No, I don't drink. Never drink. You smoke? No, I never smoke. You wear your seatbelt? Yeah, I wear my seatbelt. Do you drink soda? Well, not not really. He, that was on his list. This was on the doctor's list. Do you drink soda? Because he was so aware of the negative health impact drinking this artificial drink that stimulates our senses has on our bodily health. But these are the things that are being promoted. It's a multi-billion dollar industry, the cold drink industry. Pepsi, Coca-Cola... Fanta, all these different types of drinks laden with empty calories that are meant to stimulate your senses that have no nutritional value. Is this, is this produced for the interest and the welfare of human society to drink this thing? They have no interest in what's good for you. Their interest is to make money, to stimulate your senses and extract money. And then when they they pay you, they're going to take your tax money also. They want to tax you in this way from your income, and they want to tax your health, tax your well-being, tax your peace of mind, tax your religiosity, make you like an animal, simply interested in the sense gratification. And this is what's happening all over the world. And people wonder why it is in countries like America that drug addiction is rampant. President Trump said that the drug addiction situation in America is a national emergency. More than 100,000 people in America every year, maybe more now, every year more than 100,000 people die from overdose of drugs. Hundreds of thousands of people die in the roads from automobile accidents that are directly impacted by consumption of alcohol. Suicide is at all-time high. Are these all symptoms of a happy 
well-adjusted, prosperous society that has been governed by a government that has the interests of human society in mind, that no, even knows how to benefit human society? This is another problem. They don't even know. Not only are they uninterested to help and, and promote the welfare and happiness of human society, but they don't even know the formula because they're rakshasas. They simply want to exploit human society. And they don't know the formula, how to make people happy, how to introduce the principles of God consciousness in a non-sectarian way. Srila Prabhupada said, government's business is to, is to expect a Hindu to follow Hindu Shastras, a Christian to follow the Bible, a Muslim to follow the Quran. And in this way, create God-conscious society, not force everyone to believe in a particular way, but to follow your own scripture, to make a God-conscious society and promote in this way prosperity. Because from Dharma, what, come, what is the result of Dharma? Artha. When human society follows the laws of God, they become prosperous. But the problem is from prosperity, people want sense gratification. So those same tax dollars, if they were invested in the education of society, what is God consciousness and how to be happy in the world? Then human society can be benefited. But atheistic, demoniac, rakshasa leaders simply want to suck the very life, the, the, the life blood from a human society because they don't care for the welfare of human society. They're very self-interested. And they don't know how to benefit human society. The only real benefit of human society is in this, in how to understand our relationship with God. But that they don't know. They don't know that whatever is available for the animals, the same happiness that is available to the animals, doesn't make human society any better. Bhagavatam says, that that happiness that the animals enjoy, sarvatra, in any form of life, the animals are enjoying the same thing human beings are enjoying. So Prahlad Maharaj said that sense gratification is available in any form of life according to one's past piety or impiety. You know, a, a horse or a dog eats and he enjoys eating. But he's not sitting down at a linen tablecloth with bone china and crystal glass and silver spoon and eating in this way. He's eating something by his karma. He eats in a particular way. But the happiness they derive from that is automatically obtained without endeavor, just as we obtain distress. That people don't know. And this is a profound thought. This is a profound thing that society should understand. By your karma, you will enjoy a particular standard of happiness. For example, I remember I was in Vrindavan one time shopping for some agarbati for the Denver temple. I was sitting in the store there conversing with the agarbati wala. And across the gully, a young girl, she must have been no more than 16 years old, was stacking bricks on top of her head. And she was walking up a ladder, two stories, depositing the bricks, coming down two stories, getting another load of bricks, coming up, dropping them up and down, up and down, carrying bricks in the hot sun. And how much was she being rewarded for her hard labor, her strenuous labor? Maybe she was making 300 rupees a day, 200 rupees a day for such hard work. Another man is sitting in his office, air-conditioned office, drinking a cup of tea, making a couple of phone calls, and profiting lakhs of rupees by a few phone calls. Then he goes home to enjoy, watch a movie, have lunch, relax. He's not working hard, but by his karma, he hardly has to labor to get such a positive result. Whereas the young girl is working hard in the hot sun just to get a meager result. Why? Hard work doesn't create prosperity. The office guy in his business office, he's not working hard, but he's making thousands of times more money than the young girl. 
So can we say that hard labor produces prosperity? It does not. Karma is involved. By our karma, daivan, it says here, daivan yatadukam. By karma, we get a particular result. Therefore, Bhagavatam tells us that one should endeavor for that highest benefit that's not available wandering in the material world from the topmost planet down to the lowest. Bhagavatam is telling us to endeavor for that highest thing that's not available, wandering from Satyayoga to Patalok. What is that thing? Krishna consciousness. And as far as happiness derived from the senses is concerned, mm, that will come automatically just as in due course of time we get distress. Nobody goes to the masjid, the mandir, the gurudwara, the synagogue, the church and prays to God, give me trouble. But doesn't trouble come in everyone's life? Somehow or other, at some time or other, trouble comes to everyone's life. It's a given. This is the material world. Dwandva mohina bharata. It's a world of duality. Happiness and distress. Distress must come to us, but no one prays for it. No one goes to the synagogue, the church, blah, 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 and, and prays to God, give me trouble. They go and say, give me prosperity. Give me happiness. Give me freedom from trouble. Let me enjoy. But trouble also comes. Why? David. By destiny. So you can't get more in life, and you can't get less. If people understood this, how happy we would be. You, you go about your business, your duty, whatever occupation you have, and you work according to your capacity without stressing, without over-endeavoring. You work and the result comes by the grace of God. You can't get more and you can't get less. If people understood that, how peaceful society would become. Labyatate daivat, by superior arrangement, we prosper in this world. By the grace of God, we prosper. By the grace of God, we're breathing, we're eating, we're drinking water. Food is coming from the ground. The sun is shining. The rain is falling. All of these things happen by the grace of God, not by factories, not by demoniac government, not by business enterprise. It happens by the grace of God. Kata Upanishad says, Nityo Nityanam Chaitanas Chaitananam Eko Bhuhunam Yo Vididati Kaman that of all eternal living beings, there's one supreme eternal living being. Of all conscious living beings, there's one supremely conscious living being. That one echo, bahunam, supplies the necessities of all the subordinate living beings. That's God, Krishna. He's supplying kama, all the necessities of life, for every living being. The people, because they don't understand that, they don't know how to work in this world. How to work peacefully and depend on their own result of their own karma for the result. You're going to get what you're meant to get by destiny. Therefore, what is the real uh, real uh, objective? What is our real business? To try and go back to Godhead. Not to stay here. <laughs> People think, I'll work hard, I will enjoy, and I'll stay here forever. This is the greatest illusion of life. Deepest delusion, deepest, darkest, most ignorant delusion. I can stay here forever and I will enjoy. Krishna says this world is Dukkhalayam and Ashashvatam. It is a place of misery where we are obliged by our karma to suffer in particular ways. We're obliged. You cannot change that. I have a godbrother. This is the saddest thing. All my godbrothers are becoming ill and leaving. I have a godbrother in ICU. North Carolina. Saddest thing. Can, I, can he stop it? What's happening to his body? Can I stop it by prayers? Can you stop the onslaught of material nature? We cannot stop it. So what is the solution? To work harder and bank more money and pay more taxes and enjoy sense gratification? Is that the solution to the problems of life? It's not the solution. One should endeavor for that purposeful end 
which isn't obtainable by wandering from the topmost planet down to the lowest. This is Krishna consciousness. Material happiness will come by our destiny, by our karma, and material distress will come by our karma. But we will gain and we will lose. We will spend and we will gain by our karma. And that comes to us, daivat labyate. Sarvata labyate daivat. We get distress, we get unhappiness without endeavor, and it comes to us. Prosperity comes to us by the grace of God. Loss comes to us also by the grace of God. So devotee becomes, as devotees, we should develop a sense of detachment. I'm going to gain and I'm going to lose. And ultimately I'll lose everything because I can't stay here. So what is the real purpose of life? Real purpose of life to go back to Godhead, to seek out that thing which isn't available anywhere in the material universe. Seek out Krishna. Seek out Bhakti. Seek out devotional service. Seek out Guru Kripa. And at the end of life, when the last breath comes, go back to Godhead. That is success in life. Not to work hard and have demoniac governments come, carnivorous as it says here, carnivorous demons to come and take everything away from you that you labored so hard to get. This is what's going on in the material world. And this is our solution to the problem. Krishna consciousness, Krishna bhakti. There's no other solution. We should be convinced of that. That there is no other solution to the problems of life except Krishna consciousness. So we take that, we should become, if we understand that, I'm personally, I'm understanding that in a very real way. Being broken-hearted to see beloved God-brothers leaving this world, seeing them sick and diseased and knowing this is my future also. A young person can't think like that. They're thinking life is good. I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm working, I have money, money in the bank, I'm enjoying my senses. Life is good. But even a young person's life can be cut short at any moment. This is the nature of the material world. But at 70, this year I turned 70, your outlook on life is very different. That when I see a Godbrother's body on his pile of wood burning on the bank of Ganga, I have to think, in due course of time, that's my body. What is the meaning of my life? So whether you're young or whether you're old, we should reflect in this way. Not in being morbid, oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Yes, we're going to die. But we should seek out the solution. And the solution is Krishna consciousness, Krishna consciousness, Krishna bhakti. Janma karma chame divyam evam yobiti tattvata chaktva deham punajama naiti mameti sarjana. That if we can understand Krishna, the divine nature of his appearance and activities, to know Krishna, to love Krishna, when we give up this body, Krishna says, Mamiti, you'll come back to me. And no more punar janma, no more birth. This is the real solution. The only solution. There is no other solution. Medicine is not the solution. A gun is not the solution. A lock on the door is not a solution. Politics is not the solution. There is no other solution to the problems of life except Krishna Bhakti. When the last breath comes, Hare Krishna. And Chaktva Deham, Punajama, no more births. Permanent solution to all the problems of life, going back to Godhead. So Srila Prabhupada very kindly introduced this to the world. And we have a responsibility to him, having understood that, to teach the same thing as far as we are able. For the benefit of society. This is the difference between a Rakshasa, a carnivorous demon, and a devotee. Carnivorous demon, he'll eat your body for his own sense gratification. He'll tax you till you die for his own sense gratification. But a devotee gives of him, he sacrifices his life's energy for the benefit of others. Tapyante tapapavena. I can't remember the verse. Anyway, it's, there's a verse that explains that when Lord Shiva was drinking the ocean of poison, how he accepted that trouble for the welfare of human society. And this is the highest way 
in which a human being can please the Lord by taking the austerity of preaching Krishna consciousness to help other people for their happiness. Look how much Prabhupada sacrificed. We can't imagine his sacrifice leaving heaven, leaving Goloka Vrindavan, the spiritual world, Vrindavan Dham, and coming to the lower east side of New York City with the prostitutes, the drug addicts, the alcoholics, the hippies, the, the riffraff of New York City. Why? To benefit them. To introduce Krishna consciousness, to start an international society whose sole purpose is to benefit the world. So we should reflect on that. We should reflect on Prabhupada's sacrifice and think, what can I do? What little bit can I do to follow in Srila Prabhupada's footsteps to benefit human society? Because this is the purpose of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. To challenge these rakshasas, these man-eating demons in the society that they've created that pollute people's consciousness, that pollute, pollute people's body with poisonous, poison food, poison air, poison water, inauspicious lifestyle, unhappy life, drug addiction, alcoholism, suicide. These are the fruits of their society. We have an answer to that. And that is Krishna consciousness. So we should be Krishna conscious ourselves. Prachar and achar. Achar means we should follow nicely ourselves. And prachar, we should teach Krishna bhakti according to our capacity for the welfare of human society. And challenge, make a campaign to challenge these rakshasas whose only interest is to exploit human society. I'll read the translation again. Government men are always like carnivorous demons called the rakshasas, man-eaters. Sometimes these government men turn against the conditioned soul and take away all his accumulated wealth. Being bereft of his life's reserved wealth, the conditioned soul loses all enthusiasm. Indeed, it is as though he loses his life. Thank you very much for your kind attention. Does anyone have any comment or question? Any comment, question? Hare Krishna Prabhuji, Dhanvat Pranam, Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Guru Maharaj Ki Jai. Uh, very, very wonderful lecture, Prabhuji. You give the reality of the life uh, right from the beginning. What you are saying about the taxes or the way we live and uh, how the addictions are going and how the people are unknowingly uh, drawn towards these material things and we are getting away from the natural way that we are we our ancestors used to do actually we have to say ancestors because our parents or great grandparents are also um, generations to generations coming up it is coming down but uh, suddenly with the introduction of these computers and moving from uh, country to country different parts of the transportation uh, this revolution is uh, degrading the human quality of life that's what i feel proposing so wonderful thank you very much thank you mataji anything else thank you very much shila prabhupada ki jai hare krishna hare krishna prabhuji thank you so much for this wonderful class hare krishna and you did one verse, right, Prabhuji? I think we're going to stop. Thank you. Yep.